Matthew chapter 8. We'll read that here in a minute. Um, today, as, as I spoke about a few weeks ago or a week ago, I'll be talking about patience. And, and I thought maybe we should just do an activation where I sit up here quietly and have you all wait patiently for me to start. We won't do that. Because uh, I'm not a patient man. For those of you who know me very well, I'm, I'm not very good at being patient. I know how to wait, but, but I don't know how to be patient. And, and it's one of the, the things I think the Lord has been working with me on for a very, very long time. Um, I just, I am a man of action. I like to get things done. I, I don't think it's the, I don't necessarily think it's because of an evangelistic type anointing, although that may be it as well. Um, but more than anything, I, I, I want to ensure that things are moving forward uh, progressively and and for me patience becomes one of those things it's just very hard to grasp uh, I tried my hand at planting I've, I've spoken on this before you know putting seeds in the ground and watching them sprout or grow there's a there's a, an inherent patience to it because as much work as you do for those plants and there's a lot of work to be done with plants but as much work as you do you have to be patient because they have their own work to do and, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't make a plant grow faster by staring at it. Um, you can't speak life into it and all of a sudden it grow. Unless you're Jesus, then yeah, those things work. But for, for me, it, it doesn't work. And so planting was something that I tried. We, we planted some, some vegetables. Um, I, I like watermelon, so I pr tried my hand at putting some watermelon seeds in the ground and seeing if they would sprout. And they do sprout. But, but after a while, they just they end up dying because I don't take care of them very well because I don't know the times and the seasons, all the things that you have to do. Right now, I've got a plant of um, uh, pumpkin seeds. We, I made a pumpkin pie the other day in preparation for uh, Thanksgiving. It tasted delicious, by the way, and the whole thing. And uh, I got some of those seeds that came out of the pumpkin, planted them in this little planter right above our our sink and and they're sprouting you know we've got these little stalks coming out and they're growing and and now is not the season to be planting pumpkins just so you know that that should have happened months ago and so that you would have pumpkins now so i've got this planter in front of me when i'm washing the dishes and and i'm thinking i don't know what to do with you buddy because i'm going to put you in the ground in a couple of weeks and you're just going to die from the frost that's supposed to be coming um Maybe not in Texas, but but you know the season now is the season for frost. So with planting comes a lot of of understanding. It, there comes a lot of patience, and and I just um, I struggle with that. The other thing that I've noticed that that requires patience is bodybuilding, and, and I'm not talking about you know the bodybuilders that are all Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm talking about diets, exercise, just basic bodybuilding. The thing that you do to take care of your body. You can tell I take care of mine very well, right? Uh, but but bodybuilding, it takes a, a lot of patience, and, and it is something that's very hard for people, sp specifically myself, because you don't see results immediately. Much like planting, you, you build your body slowly over time because that's what it requires. It, it needs time to break down and to build itself back up. And there's a, there's a strategy that goes with it. Obviously, diet uh, is a huge part of it. What you put in, 
the the foods, the energies, all of that stuff that you put into your body turns into something, and, and what you eat will absolutely determine what your body looks like. Um, and then what you do once you have eaten by way of exercise, whether it's running or calisthenics or, or cardio or whatever, that determines what your body will look like. And, and it takes a lot of patience to truly understand how to make that work properly. Um, I remember starting several years ago, starting Camp Gladiator, and I've talked about Camp Gladiator uh, on here. It's not an endorsement for Camp Gladiator, um, but I have done it before. And, and the thing I liked about it was the camaraderie. You know, many, many different places have their thing. This one was a lot about camaraderie and, and pushing each other. And so I remember going to this camp and, and working out, and it was a good workout. And, and it was full body, so they don't focus on, uh, you know, there's not a leg day and there's not an arm day. It was kind of more full body. But, but I remember being probably about a month into this program and, and looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, why am I paying this money for this thing where nothing is happening? You know, you, you look at yourself and you're like, I, I don't look any different than I did starting a month ago. And, and even um, six to seven months into it, I did not look different to myself. I felt a little bit better, yes. Felt a little bit stronger. I felt uh, had, like I had a little bit more endurance, but I did not look to me different. And it wasn't until several, several months into it that Kelly said, wow, baby, you're really looking, starting to look really good that I recognized that it, it was my perception of what was going in my body that prevented me from really having the patience to endure the process because I did not think that things were happening. And I, I needed that external validation, that external view of what was going on to truly understand that, yes, something was happening. And I wasn't maybe as lean as I wanted to be. I didn't have bulging muscles, as you can tell. Um, I did not, to myself, look differently. But, but looking back on it now, uh, I didn't take a before and after picture either. You know, those shirtless ones that you have in front of the mirror with your hand sticking out. Didn't have one of those. So I did not feel uh, different or I didn't look different to myself. And, and I come, came to understand that bodybuilding, it takes patience. And again, I just don't have patience. I'm not a patient man. But I truly believe that this season for me, this year, has been about patience, about learning patience, about recognizing patience, understanding what patience is. That's this, the, the purpose of this message today is to share with you that experience. Uh, many of you may have patience. Listening to me, you probably gain lots of patience. But I wanted to share with you what I've gone through, and, and maybe it'll help somebody out there who is experiencing the same thing. I see many of you here, a lot of you who deal with bodybuilding, you, where you exercise regularly, where you are planters, where you are people who put seeds into ground spiritually and, and watch them grow. Um, and, and so you know probably more about patience than I ever will. But I wanted to share this journey with you because I believe that God is doing something for us this season, and, and it takes our patience to truly have it move forward. For me, I've, I've been a troubleshooter all my life. I love puzzles. I love solving problems. I love to see something, recognize the, the inefficiency in it, improve the process, and, and then attempt to get it moving forward again. Uh, 
I love tackling problems, and, and it, is, it is indicative of my career where I have found places to work where they have a problem, and, and I come in, and I attempt to fix it. Uh, and, I, and I say attempt, but usually it's successful. I'm the kind of guy that my faith was very closely tied to the way that I am in the natural from a problem-solving perspective. In fact, one of my favorite verses, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, this, these, this passage is really indicative of the way that my faith uh, exemplifies itself. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion, centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So for me, faith was about obedience, trust, commitment, regardless of the consequences or the sacrifice that you had to make. But, but when I truly began to look at it, I, I had to find that, that it is only a part of what faith truly is. And, and we know this. We notice, but, but it, it took a season for me to understand that patience was a big part of this type of faith. Because when I receive instruction from a leader and, and that person says, go, my faith said, you need to go. When, when I, as a leader, was, was thinking about all the things that had to happen in the natural and the spirit, and I felt like I said, you need to go, my expectation was that they would go. Because that's what we read here in this passage. And, and that is what I had come to understand as my type of faith. That, that there is an authority, there is a trust, there is a commitment to the faith that allows you to do that sort of thing. For, so for me to really learn patience, I had to be broken of this model of faith. Not that this model of faith is wrong. Let me make you understand that. Not that this is not the way that things should work, but that there was a, an expansion of faith in me that needed to happen, and this had to be broken in me. Not, not the authority, not, not that pastor's going to say something to you, you're just going to say no this time, okay? It's not like that. It, it was more around, this is still true for you, Fabian, but there's a lot more that needs to happen before I can get you to this, truly to this place. And that had to do with patience. Because what is patience? And you'll see on your sheet there is a, a patience is, and then there's a little underline. We're going to walk through a couple of what those, what those are. Let's look, read it, Romans chapter 5 first, though. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations work patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Hope makes not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. This, this to me, 
is what I needed to learn. Because to be clear, I think everybody, I, I have, have gone through tribulation, especially coming to this church here. We go through tribulation. There's an expectation of who God is, what he wants to do, uh, what he's performing here in this world and in your life, and, and the way that it moves upon us, and, and that engenders the possibility for tribulation. You are on the front lines of what God is trying to do here in the spirit. You are in the front lines, and, and the enemy is absolutely going to attack every single one of you. And, and for me, it was, well, God's going God, to attack, but God's going to protect me. The enemy's going to come against me, but, but like a flood, God is going to set up a standard against him. That was the faith for me that Matthew chapter 8 has proven. When, well, I say to this one, go, he goes. What, what I was missing in my perception, in my understanding, was when I say to that one, go, go commit suicide by jumping on the front line and getting in front of the enemy and getting stabbed, that's what was missing from my understanding, from my faith. For me, it was all about that high-level authority. You've got the authority. You've got the power. That's where you're going to be. And, and so when I say go, it's because you are going to be protected and coddled and, and nothing bad can happen to you. That's where I was. That's what I thought. Nothing can hurt you. What the reality was, though, was that, yes, you are going to get hurt or you could get hurt, but it wasn't about the pain. It wasn't about me wanting you to get hurt. It was about you enduring. And so that's really what number one is. Patience is endurance. <clears throat> and I learned that lesson several, several, several years ago. But I didn't understand the lesson. I learned it. I didn't absorb it. I had the knowledge. I didn't have the experience. I understood endurance because I wanted to be a runner. Love to run. Um, I'm not a long-distance runner by nature, though. I told you at the very beginning I'm an action guy. I want to just get it done. I want to figure it out push through, come to the solution, and, and, and be done with it. I was a short-distance runner. I'm, I'm a fast little kid, right? Well, I was. Fast little kid. I, I could jump out of the gate, run really fast, get to the end, and, and I think that's how I was built and that's how I was born, but it's not the necessarily the way that want God wanted me to stay. So in high school, I, I spoke with um, my, my counselor. It was a... Um, a uh, teenage counselor, right? They're, they're, you, you get assigned a buddy at the very beginning of the year. So I'm in high school, ninth grade, and, and this 12th grader uh, and I are talking. And, and I tell him about who I am, what I want to do, what I want to be. And, and his job as my, my counselor, uh, my sponsor, was to kind of help me navigate this new school that I'm in and, and steer me in the direction of here's the activities that you could go to, here's the classes that you should probably join, etc. And I told him, I love to run. And that's what I said, I love to run. He was an amazing long distance runner. He's the best in our school. Amazing long distance runner. And he heard I love to run and immediately he felt a connection because he loved to run. The difference was I love to run short distance. I like to rush out and get it done. He likes to take his time and go, you know, a mile and, and run that long distance. And so he was he said, you should join our, uh, our cross-country team. I had never heard of cross-country, never heard of that term in my life. And, and so when he said that, I was thinking immediately about the Olympics, how they are 
across the country, right? And they have different nationalities involved with them. And so to me, it was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You're talking about like an Olympics at the school. Like, yeah, I want to do that. I was a dumb kid, obviously. So he says cross country. I said, yes, that sounds great. And um, I joined. Cross country starts in the fall. Track and field starts in the spring. I didn't know this. So I join in the fall this cross country team. And, and the very first thing that happens is the coach uh, has us run around the neighborhood. They have this, this very specific track around the neighborhood that they run. And so we're running, and I thought, okay, this is good. I need to build up you know, my, my stamina, and that's probably why we're doing this. We're just going to run around, and then we'll get to the good stuff, right? And, and it never came. It never came. It was long distance after long distance. I remember having my first track meet and, and almost dying because uh, my body was just not built for it. I had never done that sort of thing. And so I, uh, the only reason I think I did okay was because I also played soccer and there's a lot of endurance in soccer. But, but I was in this thing and I hated it. Hated every single minute of it because to me there was no goal. Or if there was a goal, that goal was way, way, way over there and there's nothing you can do about making it go or come any sooner, right? Because you cannot, when you're running cross country, you cannot run as fast as you can to get to the goal. And, and that to me makes no sense. Why? So I had to learn, and, and you'll hear this a lot when you, you know, are into those kinds of things, pace yourself, right? Find your pace and pace yourself. But see, I'm not a pace kind of guy. I'm a let's get out there and go as fast and as hard as you can. And if you're the first one to get there because you've built up the strength and the stamina, then great. That's, that, that's what makes you win. But, but for you immediately to come out of the gate and say, okay, I'm going to go this, this very slow speed. Yes, it's fast, but this kind of slow speed the entire way through until I get to the end. And at the end is when you rush out towards that end goal. By that time, you should have had enough strength left to do that now even then the coach would yell at us and he said if you have enough strength and stamina left over to bull yourself to the gate you are wasting all of that energy there at the end and you could have used it in the middle you haven't learned your pace so I never learned my pace let me be very clear never learned my pace I hated cross country I hated going to it I did it not a quitter uh, I did okay uh, I remember one particular meet, I think it was the first meet that I ever did, where I was running, and, and this this lovely young gentleman, I'm running, and, and he's on the complete opposite team of me, uh, but he puts his hand behind my, I'm going up a hill, and I'm serious, you could have probably walked faster than I was running, but I'm going up this hill, and he puts his hand on my back, hey buddy, you can do it, you can do it, just keep going, you can do it, so he puts his hand on my back, and I'm running, and, and he helped me out. And that we got through the hill. Again, he's not even on my team. He just did this. And, and so, you know, he helped me through that. Finished the race. Never saw him again. Thanks to him. You know, God bless him, whatever. But I hated it. And I never learned to find my pace. Never learned to find my pace. I truly believe, now that I look back on it, you think God was trying to do something in my life then? Maybe. I look back at it now and think God wanted me to learn a lesson. I, I joined, here's, here's the thing that I hate the most. I joined the track and field team.
because after running cross country, I learned that, no, you were supposed to join track and field. That's really what I should have done. But I joined the track and field team, and unfortunately for me, the same coach who did cross country did track and field, obviously, and, and he had already had me for a season. He had me for the fall. And so he knew I was what? A long-distance runner. Why did he know that? Because I was on his team. He had already ran me through the paces, and he said, okay, I don't have a, 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 a five-mile race in track and field, but we do have an 800, and we have a 400, and we have a mile. So, Fabian, because by virtue of you having been on my cross-country team, you are therefore now a long-distance runner, and I'm going to put you into a long-distance uh, competition. And I hated it because I wanted to be in the 100. I wanted to be in the 200. I wanted to get in there, get out, and get done. He put me in the 800, and I, I did not do well. I, I didn't get first place, second place, third place. I didn't place I didn't place at all. I never did well in, in track and field because of that. And I, I ended up quitting track and field, not during the season, but, you know, the next year. I, I ended up not signing up, I should say it that way, and, and just sticking with soccer because I recognized that he didn't think that I was probably fast enough. He'd never seen my speed, never shown it off to him. I never had the courage as a child to tell him, hey, I, do, I think I'm in the wrong place because, you know, we don't think that way when we're little. Um, I was, I was, what, 15, 16 at the time? So I didn't know what to say, and I, I just I didn't say anything. But I, I then stopped doing it because I didn't want to do that anymore. And, and I just played soccer at St. Mark's. But, but now looking back at it, I learned that maybe God was trying to teach me about patience. And it is something that I have struggled with really all my life. But I learned this season... And looking back on it, I learned it then too. Patience is endurance. Patience is dealing with it. Not quitting, not giving up, but dealing with it. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we are also are uh, compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How apropos is that? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. This, this trial for me taught me that I, I really do love to run. And, and Monica and I have talked about this. You know, sometimes when I, when I struggle internally, um, mentally about something, to be done I, I need to run it off I, I need to exercise that and, and have time to um, process process what I'm going through and, and the best way that I have found to do that is to run and, and I think it's because I'm actually doing something I'm exercising um, while I'm thinking so I'm not just sitting there you know on the couch and thinking hmm how am I going to get out of this which, which to me is just a waste of, of energy. And, and so for, for me to run means that I'm expending energy, means that my, my mind is flowing, my blood is flowing, the adrenaline's going through there, I've got oxygen going to my brain, all this stuff that happens when you exercise, right, the endorphins. Um, but but I, I love to run. 
And I think it's because of the way that the Lord has brought me that is now showing me that this patience is a part of your life, Fabian, in running. And, and when you run, you have to learn that it's not just the, the out of the gate, get out there and do what you need to do. It is part of a process, an endurance process that you're going to have to deal with. And, and I love how Hebrews 12 puts it because it speaks directly to me. Run with patience. Run with patience. This race that is set before you. And, and really, what does that mean? One of my favorite parts of, of movies is the, um, is the time that it takes. Many of you have seen the movie, the Rocky movie, right? Rocky Balboa. Uh, love those movies. There's, there's like 20 of them, and they're all the same. But if you've seen one, you've seen all of them, but they're really good. And, and the thing that I like the most about them is when, when you see the, the training sequence, right? You see Rocky, and, and you're like, hey, you're 50 years old, but we're going to put you back in the ring with this 20-year-old. And so you're going to have to change the way that you deliver uh, your fight. And, and we're going to focus on raw power. And so they, they start all this training. And then so he's got the music in the background. You see him training, and he's lifting um, not normal barbells. He's lifting, like, tires, and he's got concrete blocks, and he's in this room that's just completely hot with, uh, with steel being milled or something crazy like that. And then the other guy, he's in this state-of-the-art thing with, with weights and all that. So, but you see all this, these trainings. I love the training sequence. One of my favorite parts of movies is the training sequence. But the thing that, that just kicks it for me, and, and what this has to do with, is when the athlete, the person that's, that's enduring all of this, that's going through this training, gets to the point where they're in the fight. And, and you see them trading the blows. And you see, you know, by this time then, the, the eyelids cut or their, their nose is bleeding or whatever it might be. And they're, they're in there. And there comes a point in time in the fight where where both of them are just exhausted they've been doing this for you know five or six rounds already they've been going back and forth and trading blows and and there comes a point in time when one of them it's supposedly the main character the protagonist recognizes now is the time to strike and so they go and and something clicks the way that the other person maybe doesn't punch as hard or they miss or or they're they're um, just kind of lazily, just kind of rocking around where all of a sudden you'll hear the trainer go, now, and then they go after it. And you'll see Rocky in this instance, and he's, and he's just pounding away at the guy, and the guy is just, he can't take it, and so he's, he goes down for the count, right? There is a moment in, in most of these movies where they recognize the other person has lost it. They're, they're, they're just out. They're out of gas. Now is the time for you to punch through. And, and when I think about endurance now, that is, bless you, that is what I have come to understand patience really is. And, and now that I see that, I also recognize this. There was six rounds of this, for the sake of argument. Each round lasts about a minute, maybe even two minutes. So you're talking about 12 minutes worth of excruciating pain. I mean, how would you like to just stand there and let someone punch you? I, I would not. I'm not a boxer. But, but there they are, and they're trading blows, and they're going back and forth. And, and what Rocky or fighters have come to understand is you have to build yourself up, your body, 
your mind, your strength. You have to build yourself up to the point where you have learned to receive the attack. You have learned to take the blows. You have learned, your, your body has learned that when it gets hit, it's got to tighten up. It's got to strengthen. It, it has learned to endure. And that's what patience is. I, I don't think if you had told me, look, you're going to go into this fight for 15 minutes they're just going to beat up on you and it's going to hurt and it's going to be awful and then you'll you you might you might not win but you might if if you can go through those 15 minutes that doesn't sound like a sport for me you know i i don't think i'm going to go into the ring expecting to get hit and to get hurt i when i think about boxing or maybe i did before i don't see it now when I thought about boxing, I thought, okay, there's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of weaving around. There's a lot of, you know, going in, coming out. I thought that the idea was to not get hurt, right? Don't go in the ring and get hurt. Get away from hurt. But, but now that I look at it, boxers don't, don't shy away from that pain. They, they don't, you don't see them coming back. Now, you see in, in, in a lot of boxing matches um, the newbies very tentative about their their hits right there you see a, a very slow dance of jabs and then and then releases and, and people coming back you see this dance of, of boxers there when you see a good boxing match you see two guys that that are there toe-to-toe -to -toe. Uh, they're not just banging on each other but you see them go in there and, and they're very strategic about what the way they're moving I've never seen a boxing match where one person where both people don't get hit never seen one have you they both get hit at some point in time whether it's one time or not right they both get hit it's not the sport for me but but when i think about our our walk with god i i have come to realize that there's so many sports analogies that we can assign christianity to um it's like a football game it's like a soccer game like a running uh, meet it, it is like a boxing match when you fight with the enemy you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. And, and what we have to learn as Christians is there's, there's a reason for that. And, and it's the endurance. It's the learning to take the hits. It's the learning to build up your faith when you get hit. It's, it's the learning how to grow and learn when you're getting hit that, that is all part of this thing that we call patience. And, and why, why would we want to do patience? Romans 5. We'll read it again, just verse 3. But we glory in getting hit by the opposite boxer, knowing that getting hit by that opposite boxer works in us patience. Verse 4, and patience experience. That's beautiful. I mean, we don't see it that way when we're getting hit. But it's amazing to look at at the end when the boxers come out of the ring and he says, okay, I've learned that maybe I don't put my cheek out like this for him to hit it, but instead I, I, I glance at the blow like that and then it'll, it won't hurt as much. So when I go through the boxing match, I get that experience because I have patiently learned to deal with it. And that experience helps me for the next time. The next time I go through this battle, I'm going to be better for it. And what has that, that statement right there, what has that engendered in me? It says it right here. Hope. Hope. 
hope that the next time this battle comes, I will overcome. That's what patience is working through us. Patience is endurance. James chapter 1. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It's interesting. You know, I, I've, I've read this. We've all read this passage. What, what do we not see in here? Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, wisdom, let him ask of God. Patience, wisdom. Why? Why not? If any of you lack strength, let him ask of God. If any of you lacks um, the ability to go through it, let him ask of God. In order for you to be patient, and you want to get out of it, the Bible says ask for wisdom, understanding, for, for you to recognize what this really means for you coming out of it. But at the very beginning, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. I've, you know, I've heard that many times throughout my life. I've read it. You know, I've, I've read the Bible many times. And I've read that passage. But it never once stuck with me the way that it should have. That you have to count it joy when the enemy comes against you. I mean, who gets excited by that? Hey guys, today we're gonna get we're gonna get robbed and beaten. Aren't we excited? No. Nobody nobody gets excited by that. If if you found out that that you were gonna get fired that day, would you be excited by that? Well, no. You would wonder why. I mean, I wondered why when I got let go. But you would wonder why why? What what's going on here? The Bible says, look, count it joy when these things come against you. Why? Because it produces in you patience. And it took me a while. It took me a while in this season to find that joy. Why would we want to find joy? Well, obviously, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I mean, that's, that's what you need, right? But, but why would I want to endure these things? Because it, it, it produces in me Patience and patience experience and experience hope hope and I bring that to you today because folks I am alive and I'm doing well I, I told you the other day that uh, one of the VPs reached out to me from my former company and said Fabian I need you I need you to come with me and help me with this I can't give you a full-time job it's a contract work it's only going to be three months I'm hoping Fabian that the at the end of these three months they will be convinced of your awesomeness and that we will find a position, a full-time position for you here at this company. Because I know you, Fabian. I know what you can do. I know who you are. And I, as a VP, need you to do these things for me because you're so great at it. That, 
obviously makes me feel good because this whole time I've been feeling down about, well, am I really any good? I, I, I send out a resume. This is, this is an everybody's experience in the workplace today. You send out a resume, and it's got good stuff on there. In fact, you look at the, the job description, you check off yes, got it, me, me, also me. Right, you go through and you think, These, this is me. This, this is a perfect job for me. So you submit it out there. You hope that the, the recruiter is just looking through them all very, very diligently. And then you don't get a call. I, I love, and, and I say that sarcastically, I love the, the email, thank you. You're a great candidate. You're just not our candidate. Thank you. Your experience is amazing. But we've had so many people apply for this job. You know, we, we just don't think that your experience meets the qualifications that we need here. Or you're not exactly what we're looking for. The, the wonderful thing about the job market that we have today, that there's a lot of jobs out there, a ton of jobs. And there's a ton of people looking for work, too. So those jobs that need people, there's plenty of people to, to fill them. But there's so many people to fill them that companies can now be very selective because there's so many people out there. I'm gonna find the right person for this job as opposed to just finding anybody who will take the job. And, and so they're, they're looking at me. I, I, I applied for this great company. I'll say it, I mean, no one's listening, right? Salesforce, I applied for Salesforce. And, and they called me back, I had a few interviews, uh, spoke with um, you know the VP of this and that. They, they had me go to a third round where I did a panel and, and the recruiter calls me uh, or texts me and says, hey, can we talk? I thought, yes, here it comes. So she says, can we talk? And I was like, yes, you know, call me this number, blah, blah, blah. So we get on the phone, and she said, uh, I just wanted to give you their feedback. They all thought you were great. You did an excellent job, um, unfortunately. Ah, oh, there it is. Unfortunately, there was just this other, this, this one guy who had more design experience than you we love you and we'd love to keep your resume on file we'd love to continue to talk to you I'm like yeah that that's that's understandable i you know thank you for the opportunity you, i got to be gracious here um and and then she says but there's this other opening there's another um job just like this one that we're opening soon can i call you when the time comes i was like yes absolutely you know if, if i'm not already employed i'd love to to talk to you guys and if i am already employed maybe i'll quit that job and jump to salesforce they have great benefits so I told her, absolutely, let's talk. So they call me um, about a month later, and they say, okay, we've got this job opening, similar position, but you've already gone through the interview, so now it's just going to be a panel interview, and we're going to put you through some, some questions, some scenarios. So I get on the panel. I did my homework. I Googled all these people, found out a little bit about them, what you know, their, their likes, their families, all this. So there's a lot of stuff on the Internet. By the way, be very careful what you put out there because I was able to find a lot about these people, whether they had children, what school their children go, all this stuff. And it's, it's scary out there. So um, that's why all my stuff is private. But I, I, you know, I was in the meeting, started to um, talk to them, did great. I asked for some feedback. They said, no, that was a, that was a great response. I, I may have changed it here and there, but I think um, you know, there was a good, good way that you answered that. And, and then um, it's like, okay, thank you for your time. The recruiter calls me and she says, great job. They loved you. They thought you were amazing. 
there's another person who has just a little bit more design experience than you. And I thought, well, wait, I thought you were opening this position specifically because you like me so much. Why, why, why was there anybody else even in the running anyway? Uh, but she said, but, you know, we're hoping to open a product manager position, which we think you would be perfect for in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, if you're available then, we'd love to call you. And I said, yeah. And I said, but, but when, hang on one second, when do you think this is going to happen? Do you have it open now? Do you have it in the budget? She said, no, and no, we don't know. We don't know if this is going to happen. But, but we like you for it if it does happen. I was like, okay. Well, thank you again for the opportunity. And that was it. That that was my stint with Salesforce. Um, they have this product management position just dangling in front of me, waiting for something to happen. And and you know me, love to wait. Just kidding. Um, but you know me, so I'm I I cannot rely on that being the truth because I just don't know if that's really what the Lord wants anyway. Right? I've got to really pray about it and say, Lord, if that's what you want, I won't do anything until that comes to fruition. But there's, there's, a, there's an unknown factor here. So I'm working. I'm doing stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the things that need to be done here at the church. Um, with, with the pandemic and being able to work from home, I'm, I'm able to come up to the church and do a lot of stuff with the, with the live stream. Uh, Pastor and I have been talking about some new capabilities that we want to employ with the vMix and, and how it works. So Scott and I will be meeting and talking about these things. We've got some We've got some buns in the fire, if you will, and, and we're, we're working on things that God wants to do, and, and I truly believe that I'm in this position today because that's what he wants me to do. The Lord's saying, look, take this time to really, to really learn and grow out of the things that, that uh, I am trying to do here in this time and, and, and learn to rely on me. Know that I've got you, that, that I know it's scary when you're not bringing in money but I've got you, and it's going to be okay. I, I love um, Tammy's testimony a few weeks back about the, uh, the, the IRS calling and saying, hey, you owe us a million dollars, and them kind of figuring it out. You know, I love that. I've got you, the Lord says, but, but you've got to trust. And, 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 or but, it's not going to be without some growing pain because you've got to have the endurance in order to go through these things. James chapter 5. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge stands before the door. Take, my brethren, take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Behold, we count them happy which endure. How do you count someone happy when they're going through junk? You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. That's interesting. Have you thought about that? I never thought about it that way. When I read the book of Job, you, you see this battle going on between God and Satan, right? And, and I call it a battle. It's, it's really the Lord just kind of being patient with everybody, including the enemy, and saying, okay, but hey, have you considered this? Have you thought about this? So Job is going through it. Do we ever see promises made to Job at the beginning of the book? No. Job endures with patience the affliction that is placed upon him without nary a promise 
that things are going to be okay. I never realized that. I mean, obviously, I knew it. In the back of my mind, like, yeah, hey, it's just this guy's just going through it. But, but you can look at it retroactively, and we do that with the word because we know the end. But you look at it in, in the word, and you think, yeah, Job is going to have um, his comeuppance. He's, he's going to get a, a better life at the end, right? So as he's going through all this, you see him talking to his friends. You see the arguments. It's very poetic. But I never once thought, you know, when, when his family died, God or, or anybody really didn't come up to him and say, Hey, Job, it's going to be okay. You know, there, there's, a, there's a silver lining in this. Um, I was about to say your wife is dead, and that, and that would have been really weird to say right after that. His, his wife died. His children died. His, his land was taken from him. What, what would have been a silver lining to all of that? But his friends come up to him and try to give him silver linings. They're like, hey, but, but consider this. And, and, hey, maybe it's because you're a sinner. And, and, may, and hey, maybe there is no God. And, and you've come to realize that now, and that's a good thing, Job. Nobody said that to him, really. They just told him these things and said, hey, you're just going to have to deal with it. And, and you are a sinner. And, and they just kept pounding at him and pounding at him. And, and Job, um, as, as the example that God wanted him to be, he endured. He endured. And he said, you know, but, but God is God. Who, who am I to be able to say to God, hey, you need to do it this way? No. God is God, and he endures all of this. And it's not until the end where you see that God does truly take care of him. It's not until the end that you see that, where, where God says, look, I'm going to give you more than you had before. I'm, I'm taking care of you, buddy. And so, so when I read Job, when I look at this story, I think about that. I think about that and say, okay, I'm going through all this, and my life is going to be like Job, or this experience is going to be like Job, where, hey, in the end, I'm going to get those things back. And, and I've come to realize that that's the wrong way to really look at this story. That, that there's no promise here. God didn't say, hey, if you are as patient and as enduring as Job, all these things will come back to you tenfold. That is not the way to read that story. We read that story and we look at the life of Job and we see patience, we see endurance, and we see him actively saying, God is God, and he's going to do what he needs to do. Now, does he get a double portion? Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it needs to be, or it should definitely not be, a, a recipe for how to receive a double portion, let God kill you and take everything away, and, and then he'll give everything back. That's, that's not the recipe here. The recipe is you just follow God. Be patient and endure and wait to see what's coming. And, and I say that the next one is not patience is waiting. Patience is action. And, and that's interesting because originally I had patience is waiting. And, and as I really began to study what, what I'm trying to say here is there is an, an inherent action that comes with inaction. James chapter 5, be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. I talked earlier today about planting. You put a seed in the ground and then you wait. But let's be very clear. 
you're still doing stuff. You put a seed in the ground, and, and then you don't do nothing. Then you till the ground. Then you water the plant. Then you make sure that the conditions are right for that plant from a, from a sunlight perspective or from an environment and, and weather perspective, right? If there's frost out, what do you do? You cover your plants. If, if there's a beating sun on there, perhaps you provide some shade. There's, there's something that you have to do when it comes to planting, Th things that I have never learned and, and really don't care to learn. I'm not a planter. But, but this takes action. So despite you waiting for it to do its thing, there are still things that God wants you to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. That's interesting. We, we know that the sign of the apostle is patience. Maybe I'm just not an apostle. But we know that the sign of the apostle is patience. But in that patience, there are also signs. There are wonders. There are mighty deeds that are happening by virtue of the apostle, by virtue of the endurance and the patience through that person that are pushing the kingdom of God and, and its electives forward. I've learned how to wait. Not be patient. I have learned how to wait. I have learned how to distract myself in the moment. I, I wait for the girls um, because I, I pick them up after school. They, they have this, this long line of cars waiting to pick up kids. And you've seen them. As you drive by schools, you've seen the long lines of parents just waiting in their cars until the kid can come out and then they can pick them up. So I, I go to the, the school. I, I park uh, in the line. And, and then I'll just read. I'll, I'll read a book. I'll, I'll watch Netflix while I'm in my car. Um, I'll, I'll read the Bible sometimes. Sometimes I'll put on some worship music and I'll pray. I, I tend to do that less because then I'll start crying, and then my kids will come into the car, and they'll be like, Daddy, why are you crying? So I, I try not to do that so much because then I get into the, the worship mode. But I, I've learned to wait. I have learned how to distract myself effectively in many, many situations, to distract myself. It is not the same as patience. Waiting means you sitting there and, and just expecting for something to happen and waiting expectantly for that thing to happen patience is about enduring what is happening to you learning from it growing and and then um doing something about that thing that you're learning and and i think a great example of that is here in matthew chapter 26 then cometh jesus with them unto a place called gethsemane and said unto the disciples sit here while i go and pray yonder and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Excuse me. Then said he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further, fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he came unto his disciples and found them asleep. And said unto Peter, what could, what, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Terry, this would be a great study. Um, Terry is not wait. Terry is be patient. And in there, there is an inherent action. And the action that Jesus expected 
of his disciples was watch and pray. Watch and pray. Something that they were unable to really fathom because they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what was going on. They saw Jesus going over into the corner and crying, and they thought, well, what, do I, what am I going to do? Do I need to console him? No, 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 leave him alone. He's, he's, he's doing something there. Okay, well, let's just, let's just hand back and wait. And, and what did they do? They distracted themselves. It, and it's a great distraction. I love to sleep. So I would have thought, yeah, now's a great time for a nap. It's getting dark. Sun's going down. Jesus is over there praying. He wants to be left alone, but he wants us here with him. So I'm just going just gonna to curl up by this tree over here, and I'm just going to gonna I'm just gonna close my eyes just for a second just just for a second I'm just gonna close my eyes and then they fell asleep and Jesus said no I wanted you to watch and I wanted you to pray I wanted you to be a part an action I wanted you to be a part of what was going on here in the spirit I wanted you Peter to learn from this experience I wanted you to watch me watch the spirit Watch the natural. Watch all those things that are going around. And I wanted you to in, ingest them and gain them as knowledge. Second Peter. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Because when you get to a place where you are stagnant, where your faith, like mine, several, several months ago, was just about, just about authority and, and doing things as quickly as possible, then I am blind and have forgotten that I was purged from those old sins. That's what happens. Not because those things are wrong, but because those things were just part of the equation. So to your faith, you add basically virtue, moral goodness. You, you add this, this concept of, okay, what is truly right and wrong? Where, where is this balance of, of what, what is good and what is bad and what needs to be taken out of my life? And to that virtue, you add knowledge through prayer, through studying, through truly understanding God's word, through truly understanding what God wants to accomplish here in this world. Through that knowledge, you gain self-control. Okay, now that I know what's good, what's right and what's wrong, what's, what's proper, what I need to do, what I don't need to do, from there I learn self-control. Okay, I don't need to be doing this activity because it leads to this activity, which is not part of that moral goodness that I have learned. And through that self-control, that builds within you patience, this endurance of I can go through these things knowing that I have God on my side, but, but not knowing what's going to happen at the end. I may lose. I may get beat up, but I'm going to endure with patience, which engenders in you holiness. The Bible says godliness, the setting apart. Because I have learned to endure, I am set apart from the rest. There's, there's this gentleman. Um, that has a child has two children at, at the school that the girls go to wonderful christian man um love him to death he's an amazing christian father helper he's a he's a firefighter and and we've had conversation he's an older gentleman and and they had very young children they started very late in life 
and and so I see him and um, I, I think the way that he treats his children who are I think nine and, and seven or nine and six the way that he treats his children is the way you would see a grandfather treat their grandchildren because grandparents have learned patience they've learned to endure they have learned when when children talk that you don't yell at them because you're not tired you're not frustrated you okay, you speak to them gently and kindly and you you work with their emotions not against their emotions and so grandparents have learned those things through patience and endurance and this gentleman here with his children has learned that lesson and and so i saw him discipline his son one day and it was so mild and it was so meek and patient and i thought there's no way that i would have been able to do that same thing and it was it was an amazing amazing lesson for me to see him be that way and the way that his son who was wild and crazy you know how kids are he was wild and crazy running everywhere and he kind of just he pulled him aside and he said buddy buddy we don't do that and he started talking to him about it and and the way that he played with them they were playing this little this little kids game a little board game and um i saw them playing together and i thought man i would just get so bored playing that children's game like that uh, I, I just I, i'm not that way i'm not built that way yet maybe when i get older i will be but I, i'm not that now and and so just to see the way that he treats his son and and this, the loveliness of that nature reminds me of this here there's a there's a set of partness that comes when you learn all these lessons and, and that's really what we're striving for. As we learn patience and endurance and knowledge and self-control, we become set apart from everything else. And that godliness is going to breed in us kindness towards others and eventually get to that place of agape where you are following the purpose of God uh, without question. And truly, that's where God wants us to be. So this has been a study into what I had to endure these past couple of weeks, months past couple of years maybe and it's not over it, it's still it's still a work in progress but i i tell you this morning that that i feel like a better christian because of it and and i would not have asked in any way shape or form for the lord to do this to me a year ago if he had told me hey look here's the end product but here's what you have to go through i, I probably wouldn't have been hey sign me up no probably not that's probably why he didn't ask me he just did it if you're going through something know that god has a plan there is a purpose and and as difficult as it is there is a there is an ending a good ending that god has in store for you if you will just be patient and tarry with him so father i thank you for the lesson in my life I thank you for allowing me to share it here with with joy and gladness and i pray for those who are having to endure who don't know that they need to endure who feel like it's just an attack after attack of the enemy um, that you will open up their eyes and their spirits to really see that they are growing in endurance those things so that in the future they will have hope and experience god i pray that you will bless this church bless the saints network bless us as we move on into service we love you we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.